leading us there this morning in worship and just your worship with the Heavenly Father and you connecting with the Heavenly Father. And I know God likes to meet in in public settings, but I think he also, actually I know he also loves to meet you privately. Just to have the relationship with you, connect with you as a person. Uh, you're one of his creations. He created you. He didn't, he, he, has, he has a plan. And when he created you, he's like, I know part of it is that he wants a relationship with you. And so when you just get to the part to where you can just worship uh, corporately, but also privately as well, just from your heart uh, and just connecting with God, I think is beautiful. Uh, so thank you for some of those songs were brand new to me. I don't think I've ever heard them. They may be old, uh, but I've I've never, never heard some of them. Um, the, the one song I had written down, but I'm not sure what happened to my paper. Uh, was about waiting on God. Actually, okay, thank you. Uh, the song that we sang, We're Waiting Here for You. And I heard a quote this week that says, we have no idea what God is, what God's hands are doing when his mouth is silent. Or in other words, if God says, wait, and that's what you hear from God. We have no idea what else God is doing in that waiting period. Sometimes we think God has to move on our schedule, our timetable, and he doesn't. And we can tend to get frustrated and we just simply get confused. Not confused. We switch with who God is because we put our place, we put ourselves in position to where we think things need to go our way, where God is like, wait a second, I see the picture, I'm God. At this point, I want you to wait. And if you hear that, if you're in a waiting process of God, we have no idea what his hands are doing. Um, so uh, just for what it's worth there. So thank you for worshiping again this morning. Uh, we're going to have the offering. We have several announcements as well. And Daniel, do you mind on the offering? Daniel Solstice is not here this morning. Uh, and I know a, a number of people aren't here. I know PJs are in South Carolina or North Carolina. Um, Ernest and Yvonne are up in Guy's Mills uh, with some of her family, I think. Uh, but we're going to do the offering. The offering is for the general fund this morning. So we'll have a word of prayer for the offering, and then we have some announcements, and we'll keep rolling here with the service. So thank you for coming. Welcome each one of you. It's an honor having each one of you here. Um, it's, it's so good to have you here. Father in heaven, thank you so much that you're our God and we can worship you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the way that you work in our hearts. I pray that you would keep doing that this morning, that we would be true worshipers and we could worship you in spirit and in truth, not just this morning, but our lives would be a lifestyle of worshiping you. And Lord, thank you for the way you bless us as we give uh, toward the general fund this morning. I pray a blessing on the gift and the giver. Pray in Jesus' name, amen. So the offering is for the general fund. So you can go ahead and pass that around, Daniel. Uh, a few announcements. We have fellowship meal here today. I think most of us know that. Uh, everyone's invited. Robert, you're certainly uh, welcome to stay for lunch. Please do. Uh, and uh, so that's coming up right after, right after the service here. Uh, 
tomorrow evening is, is men's meeting at our house uh, at 7 o'clock. Um, I put the agenda out there as well. Uh, and I'm excited about it. Part of what I'm excited about, and some of it's going to come out of the message this morning as well, uh, as far as um, session one of uh, honorable manhood. And uh, I'm pretty passionate about that subject, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. So that's coming up tomorrow night at our house at 7 o'clock um, as well. Uh, we do have an opportunity coming up Tuesday, which I know Jen put it out there um, with Kevin Ash. Uh, his, the Bethel is taking a lot of the, the responsibility there uh, with having the viewing and the funeral. Everything's going to be at Bethel. Uh, but on Tuesday... Uh, the funeral, uh, us as a church, we're going to help uh, with some of the food. It's just part of how we're doing it with collaborating with churches, us, uh, Bethesda, Abundant Life, and Bethel. Uh, want to all help each other out when someone else has a funeral or a need. And so we're going to uh, help with the food Tuesday. Uh, I know we're helping. Ernie and Almina, you're helping. Uh, one other couple, uh, Seth mentioned this morning that you'll probably help as well. Can we plan on that? Okay, all right. So Seth and Liz will be the other couple to help us out uh, Tuesday. I don't know a whole lot of details. From the details that I do have uh, are that the viewing is on Monday, 2 to 4 and 6 to 8 at Bethel Church. And then the funeral is Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock. So you're shaking your head. You seem to know. I guess that's right. I got a text from PJ. He thought that's what it is. So, okay, awesome. All right. Um, I don't know what you did, what that happened, what what went through your mind this week when you heard it, but it was a roller coaster for me. First of all, I could hardly believe it. I'm like, no. doesn't seem right and so I went from disbelief to it's part of life it is a reality we got one chance to live I think he's 29 30 okay 30 so the other thought was he was here for 30 years. That so was almost as long as Jesus. <laughs> so we did have 30 years. Kevin was here for 30 years. Some of us knew him for obviously not that long. but So we did have the blessing of getting to know him for this short amount of time. So you can look at it from that perspective as well. You know, Lord, thank you for allowing Kevin to be on the earth for 30 years. Another process was, was the thought of the re- the reunion of him and his dad. I don't
don't know how all that, it doesn't say for sure what all happens in heaven, but I really believe there's a reunion happening. So that part of it got me excited because I think they're, they're probably having just an awesome time. So that was just, I'm just sharing some of my thoughts and emotions that I was, that, that were going through, through my mind. And then the, the, the thing of, again, just processing the sovereignty of God, the goodness of God in what their family is going through right now. I don't know what to say. Um, you know, with the fire happening, what, two weeks or so ago, and now this, and Amos was, what, a year or a year and a half ago, maybe. Uh, I do not know what to say. And I think it was on Wednesday, I, I texted Mike, I said, I don't know what to say, other than I'm praying for you. Because I want to let, let them know that I care, but yet, I'm not here to give any words of wisdom, because I don't have any. Uh, but it is a journey. So, let's, uh, we do have the opportunity to, to support them as a family and help them out at the funeral on Tuesday. And so we plan to. If there's any of you other couples that plan to be there at the funeral and you want to help, absolutely, the more the merrier. Because uh, they are planning on a funeral meal and that's what we're helping with. Uh, so just because you didn't volunteer uh, doesn't say that you, don't, uh, you can't help. You're more than welcome to help. We'd love to have some help. So any other announcements? About a month ago, I was uh, at our house. We had a bunch of weeds coming in our flower bed. And so I go out and get the Roundup. And I, I think I mixed it up. Sometimes we have it in. Sometimes it's ready to go. And I get the weed killer, and I start going around our house, spraying weeds in the flower bed and going at it. And, you know, I finish up, put the weed sprayer back in the barn, and several weeks, well, not even several weeks later, several days later, I noticed that some of the grass is going dead, like along the edges of the flower bed where I sprayed. And so I learned that something was screwed up in our nozzle. And I killed some grass when I was trying to kill the weeds. Now, I did kill the weeds, the good thing, but I also killed some grass, which was... Uh, a bad thing. Now, another good thing was Jen didn't ask me to spray weeds since. <laughs> but what I want to get to this morning is we want to look at this and thinking of, uh, I think it was three weeks ago when I, when I started, I called session one uh, on addictions. And we talked about addictions and I said I want to continue that. This is going to be part of it. It's not going to be a completion but I was, when you think of weeds, they're annoying, they grow fast, a lot of times they don't look very nice, and we put a lot of emphasis uh, on weeds. They can literally take over if you're not careful. Uh, if you don't keep spraying them, 
they will they will take over a garden they will take over your lawn they will just you know so so the weeds just keep popping up and we put uh, a lot of emphasis on killing the weeds uh, what kind of weed killer there's different weed killers maybe some of you spray different I don't know but uh, weeds are a big deal it's a reality and so we guard against weeds we try to protect you know put protection up so weeds don't grow and I think this is similar to how we look at uh, addictions we put so much emphasis on getting rid of the weeds of guarding the weeds of not letting the weeds go up we don't even know what a good grass should look like and soon we end up with a yard full of dead grass because we just go and kill everything and we make sure no weeds come up and we're going to get back to Romans 12 we were at Romans 12 uh, several weeks ago we're going to get there again and maybe you uh, uh, know this but I'm going to look at this scripture again we're going to look into it again Romans chapter 12 uh, verse 1 I'm going to start at verse 1 but then we're going to stop at verse 2 Romans 12 verse 1 I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice wholly acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service verse 2 and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good acceptable and perfect will of God and so we have the beginning of verse 2 there and maybe if you're like me you know these scriptures from little I memorized these scriptures years ago and the words the that I would put a lot of emphasis on is do not be conformed to this world do not be conformed to this world so let's put guards in place we don't want this to happen. We don't want that to happen. Don't let these weeds come up in your life, right? Figure out how to kill the weeds. Put up guards. Put up things that, you know, your, your, your preen, your black mesh, whatever, to keep, to keep the weeds from coming up. Those are important. Don't get me wrong. Don't walk out here this morning saying guards are not important. They're very important. But it's not the complete picture. Okay, the verse says don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's the part to where we want to have the green grass, the renewing of your mind part, where God, the transforming isn't our part. We can't transform anything. God's work is transformational. The renewing of our mind part is part that we can do. The renewing of our minds. And it says when we do that, the renewing of our minds, then you know the good and perfect will of God. And when I was studying this, I look at my life and I see how oftentimes I miss this middle section. I grew up putting a lot of emphasis on not being conformed to the world, putting up safeguards. And again, that's important. I have block on my phone, okay? I think there is, there is, um, th there's, there's part of us that we do want to block out what we can. And then the, the other part in verse 2 says that you may know the perfect will of God, the end. And I look at my life and I even look around 
we see a lot of don't be conformed and we hear God pray, show me your will. I want to know your will. And we forget the middle part of renewing our mind and allowing God to transform. Why do we miss that part? I think it's because that's the more difficult part. And we want to go the easy route. And we don't want to do the hard stuff. The hard part of renewing our mind, renewing our mind is not easy. It's a hard thing to do, but it's what Scripture tells us to do. We need to put good things into our minds. When I think of not being conformed and overemphasizing it, I, I think of, uh, you know, that there is part of it. We do need to put stuff, it's football season, right? They wear pads, they wear helmets for a reason. It's protection. But yet it's not the complete picture. Putting on pads and a helmet won't with the, win the football game. You still have to go out there and you still have to play. And that's what I see is in our lives as well of growing an ice green grass. Yes, we need to get rid of the weeds, but we also need to focus on what it really looks like of having an ice green grass. And actually, that's what I'm really excited about uh, starting this series of, of honorable manhood tomorrow night. Um, Eric Ludi talks about a lot of this. The main thing is living manhood how it should be, what it's supposed to look like. So often we look at things that we don't know what it's supposed to look like. And so we fail because we don't know what it's supposed to look like. What should it look like? And so uh, that's part of it. But that's some of what I'm talking about here this morning, too, of having a green grass, having a lawn that is green how it should be, and focusing on the things that should be in place. Yeah, weeds are still going to want to pop up there, but you take care of it. But the weeds are not the priority. The green grass, the focusing on the what we're supposed to do and who we're supposed to be is uh, the priority here this morning. And uh, we do that by not being conformed, that's part of it, but then also being transformed uh, by the renewing of your mind. And what does that mean, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why do you have to renew your mind? Like, can't you just do it once and then you're all of a sudden renewed? It doesn't work that way as much as it would be nice if it would. It simply does not work that way. The reality is it doesn't. And your mind is a mind of flesh. Your mind continuously is thinking and processing something all the time and so if you don't put something good in there your mind is going to default to the flesh and it's going to be negative thinking I read this this is uh, probably accurate because it's so wide uh, I've read you think six six thousand to sixty thousand thoughts in a day a lot of them you don't even think about that you're thinking about it. Uh, so there's a lot of thoughts that you have in one day. 
And you can control that. You can control what goes in your mind, the thoughts that you have. And we have scripture after scripture after scripture. Last, last week, Keith touched on just the one in Philippians 4.8. Uh, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are just, honorable, what else is in that verse? Uh, there's four or five a list there. It says to think about these things. So Paul's writing to Philippians, and he said, be careful what you think about. Here's what you want to think about. There's other scriptures uh, as well. That was just one, and I thought about it. It was interesting that Keith brought it up uh, last week. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says this. It says, bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Now, if you have six to 60,000 thoughts in a day, that's a job. If we've got to bring them all to the obedience of Christ. So bringing our thoughts, thinking about what we thinking, think about, is not the easiest thing to do. It's the more difficult thing to do. But it's the right thing to do when you look at Scripture. Christian living, biblical living, is thinking what is pure, lovely, thinking good thoughts, but it's being proactive. We need to be proactive in what we think about. If we're not proactive on what we think about, our default is going to be negative thoughts. And it won't take long until what we think becomes a reality in our life. The sequence, it starts with our thoughts and it goes all the way down. And so uh, Paul knew exactly what he's saying there. So this is, uh, it, it, it's a lot of work. Filling our minds with good things is the harder way, but it's the right way. Uh, but that's al let's also get this straight, okay? When I look at Scripture, Christian living, biblical living, is not the easiest path. All right? That's just what it is. We're in a culture, we're in an era where you, a lot of things are, let's make stuff easier, let's make stuff quicker, and make stuff that you don't have to think as much. And some of that can be good. Some of that can be helpful. But it's not complete. When you look at Scripture, you read the Bible, it talks about being courageous. It talks about being overcoming. It talks about fighting the good fight or being a warrior of, of the faith. It talks about, um, you know, the good fight of faith. It talks about running. It talks, it's, just, it's just getting in there, gritting and bearing. It's not an easy life. And there's two different uh, pictures in my mind right now that I think we can relate to. I should have brought them up. I didn't bring them along. But I, I'll tell you. A cruise ship. We all know what a cruise ship looks like. It's this big ship that generally you go on this ship and you're going to have a relaxing, pleasurable time on this ship for the most part. You're going to be served. 
Um, you're going to relax, and you're going to be out in the water, and you're just going to cruise on this cruise ship. And it's easy for us to make that our focus in life. If only I could get to that cruise ship and just be served, have pleasure, not have to work hard, I'm just going to cruise. And we start building our life around the model of a cruise ship. That's not biblical. I want to give you the picture of a battleship. That's made out of steel that has big cannons, big guns. That is out on the sea for a complete other purpose than cruising and leisure. To fight a battle. And for us as Christians, I think that's the mindset. When I look at scripture, that's the mindset we need to have. While we're here on earth, we're fighting a battle. We know the victory's already won, but we still got to fight a battle. And so instead of jumping on the cruise ship and longing and wanting to be on the cruise ship, I think we need to change our priorities and say, hey, I want to hop on the, war, on, on, on the battleship. Look at the life of David. We know David was a warrior. It's all throughout his life. He was an incredible warrior. But we do have a, a time in his life there where he sent people to war. He should have been at war. He was home. And when I look at this picture, I see he went from should have being, he should have been on this battleship. He went over into the cruise ship. He didn't want to fight. He stayed home. And it's on the cruise ship. Cruise ship. Where he saw Bathsheba. And we know what happened there. And I think those are the things that can happen. It can happen easily. And it did for David. Now the thing for David, we know what happened with David after Nathan came to him and said, Nathan, do you see what you did? And we have David's confession and his repentance and Psalm 51 and this beautiful picture of repentance. But when I look at that story, he just jumped chips. And it's what got him in trouble when he should have been warned. We need to fill our minds with good things. We need to fill them the right way. We have Philippians 4, 8. We have 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Uh, there is scripture after scripture about filling our minds, about being intentionable, uh, about being intentionable. What's that? Being intentional of getting scripture, of getting good things, and putting it into our mind, and making our lives a green grass instead of a dead grass, and focusing on what our lives should be Versus just constantly focusing on what kind of roundup do I use to kill my dead grass. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed 
by the renewing of your mind. That's You have control over that. The other thing that I uh, am recognizing that has power and that's one of these things right here it's not big three inches by five inches maybe and half inch thick probably most of us have these things these things are powerful they can literally control your mind if you let them and so I want you to be careful with that uh, last Friday night, we were at Philly's game, and just our family, just r the row right in front of us was a teenage boy, and we were there for what, two hours maybe, two and a half, I don't know, probably 95% of the time, 90 for sure, he was on his phone, and he was just right, just right there, like out of the corner of my eye. And it's, it, it actually bugged the time out of me because he was always almost all night long. I mean, he might as well, his dad might as well not even bought him a ticket because he didn't get much out of the game. He was on his phone almost the whole time. Uh, and Jen out of, from where she was sitting down to the left was uh, a younger girl and she said she was on her phone almost the whole time. Stuff on her face. I have one of these. I use it a lot. You have one, and you use it a lot. This thing is powerful. It has the ability to control your mind. And if you're not careful on what you do with this thing, it's going to take us down the wrong path. Talk about addictions. We started talking about addictions, and I want to wrap that up probably uh, next, maybe next Sunday we'll, we'll wrap that up. We, th we think of pornography, we think of, um, you know, we talked about pornography, gambling, some of those things that we think of when, when we think of addictions. Uh, let me tell you, friends, this thing right here can be an addiction really quick. Because when I, after we actually talked about it on the way home, about how much that boy was on it, to me, he was addicted to it because he could hardly let it down. Even when his dad brought him, food. His dad went and got him a big old, oh, it was a sausage sandwich or hot dog or something. Brings it into him. I'm like, all right, now this guy's going to put his phone down while he eats. And he did just for a little bit. So his dad brings him this food, this big old hot dog. Uh, he sets his phone out on his lap, though. It wasn't far away. It was just, you know, right here on his, on his knee. And he starts chomping on this thing. I'm like, all right, now he's, you know, he's going to be good for a couple minutes here. Halfway through his sandwich, Maybe because he had to have two hands on it at the beginning. I don't know. Halfway through his sandwich, up comes his phone. Eating and on the... This thing has power. And so let's be very careful with it. Uh, on on what, you, what you put in your mind. And I think sometimes we ask the wrong question. We ask the question, what's wrong with it? And I think we should be asking the question, should I? Is it healthy? 
Because if we say, well, what's wrong with being on my phone all the time, you can probably come up with some kind of an excuse. If you ask the question, should I be on the phone all the time? Is it healthy? You're going to get a different answer. Whatever things are pure, lovely, true, of good report, uh, think on these things. And again, um, talking about addictions, we talked about that. And I do want to, because I, I mentioned last time, I'm not going to get here this morning, uh, but what is, what is the good soil? We're talking about grass this morning. What is the good soil where addictions really grow, addictions really take off? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, maybe, well, not this morning, maybe maybe next week. We'll see how it goes uh, for next week. But wrapping up here this morning, this is what I want you to get here this morning. This is not, what I'm sharing here this morning is not a new concept. Proverbs 23.7 says this, and this is what I want you to get. Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks, so is he. That's profound. As a man thinks, so is he. Really? Yeah. I don't know if, I didn't look if Solomon wrote that or who wrote that. Very possibly Solomon, this verse, but he nailed it. As you think you are. So if you think good thoughts, it says you're going to be a good person. If you think bad thoughts, that equals a bad person. If you think godly thoughts, that equals godliness. If you think ungodly thoughts, equals ungodliness. So I want to leave you here this morning with that, that verse, Proverbs 23, 7. As a man thinks, so is he. So think about what you're going to think about this week or think about as you think about it. And again, Romans 12, I'm just using that verse, but our thought process is so important in our life. And so let's put in good things. Let's have green grass. Yes, let's take care of the weeds where we need to take care of, but it's not our whole focus. And so this week as you go out, uh, I want to bless you with learning to focus on good godly thoughts. Because as you think that, that's who you are. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this morning. Lord, I want to thank you for your word. Thank you for Romans 12 we looked at this morning and 1 Corinthians 10.5, Philippians 4.8, some of those verses. And there's a lot more verses, Father, this morning that talk about uh, our thinking and how we need to be proactive on with good thoughts. Father, as each one of us go from here, I'm asking that you would give us more awareness of how important our thoughts are and what we think. Because that can lead um, to a lifestyle. And so, Father, as we have negative thoughts or when we have negative thoughts, give us the courage and the ability to get rid of those negative thoughts and to put in 
good thoughts. And so, Father, I pray uh, that everything we say and do and in, in, in our thinking this week, that we could honor you. So, Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy, your, your faithfulness, um, and your redemptiveness in redeeming us from the things that we have done uh, or when we are involved in something that we can come to you and we can repent, we can confess, and you forgive us, you redeem us. Uh, so, Lord, uh, thank you for that. We want to honor you. Thank you for the food we're about to eat. I want to pray a blessing on that, uh, on the food and the fellowship here this afternoon. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, 